Are you sure those two kids came out of those parents? That's an attractive couple. That one looks like it came out of them, but the other one looks like a butt baby. A butt baby. Yeah, my older brother told me there's two types of babies. One that comes out normal, and then butt babies. Worse in every way, they come out of a woman's butt. Welcome to the fourth Motherbox, ladies and gentlemen. Today, October the 24th, I think it's Sunday. Yes, it's Sunday. Where the hell is this week gone? Where the hell did last week go? Um, but that's okay. Uh, last time you heard our voices, we were on the very popular, very trend-setting, very historic and legendary fourth Mother Talk that lasted for three and a half days, um, it felt like. But... Um, let me real quick introduce my co-host to the Fourth Mother Box, who you heard on the Fourth Mother Talk, Mr. Kyle Cosentino. Um, Kyle, how the hell are you today? Well, I wish I was still in Florida, but other than that, I'm doing all right. Good. Yes, of course we wish you'd still be in Florida, because we'd probably still be recording Fourth Mother Talk. Um, if oh, you we would. We would. <laughs> uh, we'd be going on and on and on, but that was fun. Uh, and first and foremost, uh, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Tom Oakery. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Your local resident ginger who loves Cal Kestis too much and drinks way too much Mountain Dew. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but we recorded our collaboration show with Jedi Talk, the Star Wars podcast that I do uh, last week, about a week and a few days ago, um, which we released. And I just want to say from, from seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I, I don't know what we did differently outside of just had some fun with the podcast that we, that we normally do um, with the collaboration. But that episode more than doubled what we've been, you know, getting in listens recently. So all, to everybody out there who, you know, just listen and we don't get paid for this. We, we're not sponsored by anybody. You know, I, I, I stopped putting the sponsors on this podcast because it was to me, it's just, you know, what's the point? We're, we're doing this for fun, right? Um, so thank you, everyone. We, we, we truly do appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for listening to our massive nonsense. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty awesome to hear. And uh, definitely thank you for all the people that listen to, to us drone on about Star Wars and uh, everything DC and Marvel. Yeah, that was one heated, heated discussion about Superman. <laughs> that was fun. Though. Yeah. It's like I didn't even get it out first and before I was attacked. And it just, you know, you know what? It goes to show how much people who don't know about Superman, like what they think about him. And, and, and like the judgment, just because he is a like almost a damn near invulnerable character, people just jump on the bandwagon that, you know, he's not interesting. But again, let me reiterate and and we'll talk later today about how great of a character he is, and especially in the Injustice storyline. But this is a this is an amazing character. It is more than just a highly powerful human being. It's not like some other people at Marvel that you know have no personality whatsoever, that have a lot of powers. I'm not going to name any names, of course. But so yeah, so Superman, he's got a great history, a great, a great. Uh, he's got a great character arc. I mean, we can talk. I can talk for days on and why this this character is one of the greatest superheroes of all time. One of the first ones too, of of course. 
Yes. 1938, yes. I believe, he came out. Sounds about right. It sounds about right. And, and Stepley in the right era. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, great tease there, by the way, Kyle, and especially when we're going to get to talking about Injustice, which I was able to catch yesterday and Kyle watched over the weekend as well. And I've got a lot of thoughts around that. And we got a lot of thoughts around DC fandom. Man, DC fandom happened. We've only been talking this up for several months. And DC fandom happened. And so much happened over the course of the past, like, two weeks, right? Um, and let's just start there real quick just to kind of get it out there since both Kyle and I, you know, hosted this show. This is what we did. We've been teasing Kyle coming out to Florida. So we'll we'll obviously give a little bit of story there. It's just the crazy craziness the week's that you know the last couple of weeks have been um especially with what happened to me over the week over this weekend but that's neither here nor there i'll get to that so kyle finally made you know landing in florida on wednesday we went to the legendary the award-winning brad hughes's favorite restaurant in disney springs t-rex um the first day uh kyle got there kyle do you remember seeing the that that portrait of brad uh, on the table that we saw that said the best uh, T-Rex's best customer, and that was him giving the thumbs up over the Bronto burger. Remember that? Uh, I thought it was the picture behind the counter of, please do not serve this man as he has uh, molested uh, the Triceratops in the restaurant. <laughs> Damn. Was it Was it that? Was it that? I, I must have just been a little uh, in, in, in another world of, of hunger and, and be just being happy to be around animatronic dinosaurs. But okay, he, he molested a triceratops. Uh, do not let this man in. Got it. Um, that poor triceratops. I mean, talk about like needing to be in therapy for the rest of the rest of his life. I would, I would do it personally. Like I would be his therapist, but fortunately I'm in the water Buffalo ridden city of Chicago. So <laughs> How how fucking cool would it be to like be the counselor for a, a triceratops? So like, what kind of problems do you think a triceratops has? Like, I can't find any berries today. I'm depressed. He can't, he can't reach his wiener. Or no, that's like that's the T Rex problem. I mean that that's probably why they were so mad. I mean, you got to be able to reach your wiener. Why the hell were their arms so tiny? Like, why do they even use them? It like why do we? It's it's kind of funny when you think about it. And like, it's you think very about funny. anatomy in physiology like a lot of the stuff that we have makes sense for the most part uh but i mean you look at the anatomy of a t-rex like why it's just like what why give them yeah, arms it doesn't make it's, sense it's and there's there's lots of theories behind uh the t-rex specifically as to people thinking instead of like them being the kings that everyone you know presumes they are like king hunter kind of like the lion is now in the savannah in africa they a lot of people thought T-Rex is to actually be scavengers uh, because of the lack of, you know, chest power, I guess, they're, with their little tiny ass arms. Um, obviously, you know, they're not what we saw in Jurassic Park because that's a movie and those are also genetically engineered dinosaurs. That's why the velociraptors look different, but I can get on a, off on a tangent. But you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle will be uh, th- giving therapy to a triceratops because uh a uh, friend of the shows and Jedi talk ho- uh, host molested a triceratops, but I, we move on. And I, and I heard it was not just once it was multiple times. And it's like the staff and the, you know, didn't even realize that this was going on, but that triceratops is, is like really messed up. So it's going to take years and years of therapy. So many, many years. Well, you'll have to give us an update in a few months, but, uh, so Kyle came out here. We went to T-Rex. We did Disney Springs. We did everything. Uh, you know, the day the day after that, we had Hollywood Studios. Unfortunately, uh, we could not get on Rise of the Resistance. 
Um, a little bit of unluckiness with it going down in the morning because we were looking to rope drop Rise of the Resistance. But the those of you familiar with Hollywood Studios, the line was already it was in the Muppets area already uh, and we got in now, albeit we would have been in a lot earlier if the water buffaloes in front of us um, knew how to operate their magic bands and the proper finger that they needed to use for the biometrics at Walt Disney World. It's not that hard, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that hard. And I really feel for the cast members who are like front gate ticketing, uh, especially at Rope there should be a line for the noobs and and maybe it sounds pompous of me to say, but like, you know, some people have agenda and shit they want to get done. And if you're, if you don't know how like a watch works or a fingerprint scanner works, like you just, you need your own separate line. You just need your own separate line. Well, that's actually not a terrible idea. You know, they have lines for pass holders. You know, they have regular lines. Um, they have express lines and lightning lane lines in the park. Why can't, there be specifically a line that you direct people to now i'm not saying everybody's going to go over there at first but if you could at least open up an area like if i were a new resort guest and like first time park visitors over here i don't know i get it i I completely get where you're coming from it's not a bad idea well i mean i i feel like just to avoid that again i i mean i'm not like a florida resident by any means but like an annual pass holder membership just so i don't have to like wait in that might not be like a bad idea so mm-hmm. not a not, not only, a bad oh not only that like y- you know i was we'll, we'll probably get into this but let me just say firstly that i'm glad that uh there are no rides by the name of carousel of progress that ignited any sort of uh panic attacks or um extreme highs of any kind so i'm very very glad we avoided that like the plague just so we can not have a repeat of last year. I did not injure myself this year. So that is also a good thing. And everything went smoothly and swell. Um, let me just uh, say a large fuck you to the Aerosmith queue because oh we waited God. in there. That was like waiting in the line to hell. And uh, to the fact, you know, and, and a little like knock on Disney for not transitioning with the genie plus passes in an appropriate amount of time. Like I couldn't get, we couldn't get on rise of resistance because the line was literally from Florida to Chicago. So I can get in the line now it's outside of my door. If I wanted to, I can wait in that line and you know, in 10 years time I can be on rise of the resistance, but because Disney like didn't transition well into the genie plus pass, I know it's like the end of the month, but like, I feel like they should have just had like the virtual queue open up until that time. And I don't care what data they needed to have. Like, you know, people come down the Florida to ride the rise of the resistance and they don't want to wait like all day just in that line. So, um, but I was a spectacular point. I, but I don't want to like, you know, knock the experience because, you know, I wrote it once and this time I got on smugglers run, which was just as well as not as awesome, but it was really awesome to see that. I mean, like walking on the millennium Falcon, uh, that queue was just it's nostalgic it's it gets you in the all the feels and it's it's damn right amazing so it was a great trip for us great trip for me i mean tom lives there so it's more of a trip for me but um as so i wasn't like that bummed i didn't get on rise of the resistance i just felt like if i was going to wait in the line to hell we should have chosen rise of the resistance over aerosmith which you know this is the second time where i almost lost something on that ride so <laughs> Basically, you know, just a pro tip for for you Disney noobs out there. If you go to Hollywood Studios and you are going on the Aerosmith ride, or you're planning on it, 
make sure to take off all your clothes and be completely naked before you go on this ride because if you're not in completely naked you will lose everything on this ride they have a little pouch that you can put stuff in don't trust it um so if you don't have like anything if you if you don't have uh something to put all your clothes in just i don't know like get new clothes buy a new like disney's disney 50th anniversary shirt um and if you can find any that is but uh i digress but yeah so there that's my pro tip be yeah, the completely only nude on the aerosmith ride the only thing kyle wants to be flopping around on that ride are your titties or your dick depending on what you have if you have both good for you um but he doesn't want magic bands and and uh whatever glasses and hats flopping around up there so good good um suggestion on aerosmith so that's actually a fantastic breakdown of how that trip went and um don't forget at magic kingdom um and you said it was more of a trip for you but uh, hell no dude anytime I, I get a chance the privilege the opportunity and i and i hate calling it a privilege because i feel like i've worked hard to get to florida uh, call it my my residence and be able to say i'm an annual pass holder for both universal orlando and walt disney world uh that's that's you know a lot of people would look at that as a privilege but um you know, I've worked hard for it, but I, I'm getting, on, getting off on a tangent and, and I'll get I'll get mad. But um, where the hell was I going with this? But um, anyway, <laughs> but it's 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 a treat for me anytime I get a chance to go to Disney, regardless if it's a, a trip for you or if it's the nine nine 900th time I've been. It's going to be special to me every single time, no matter what. And, you know, I've committed and, you know, Brad has even told me, Brad and Evan have told me as a local now you have come to appreciate the parks more right um courtney and i went to universal yesterday um we we had a hellish weekend um and all i gotta say is fuck you southwest airlines let's go brandon um hell yeah because they screwed with me and they wouldn't let my adorable almost four-year-old dog on the plane who is technically a service animal by the way um he is by way of esa but winston is he's flown before he's flown on southwest before and i we were just I, I was treated like a second class citizen but children who crap themselves and wipe their uh shit all over the the place in the airport terminals are allowed to get on planes and sneeze and crap and puke and but it's cute and it's okay because they're they're human. But but my dog who's going to sleep on my wife's lap for the two hour flight isn't okay to get on. Um, and the only way he was going to be allowed to get on if he was in a carrier. And my dog's is too long for those carriers. Um, there's not a lot of dogs that fit in those carriers. So um, very very much disappointed. But um, so we have you know the the privilege to be able to go to all these places kyle and it's very special to us and you know we went to universal yesterday because of the crappy weekend that we faced and we just you know we did what we wanted to do then we left when it got busy you know that's that's the kind of you know it's special to us every single trip is made special like yesterday was special for a reason because courtney rode the velocicoaster for the first time and she loved it just like you and i did um, wow really wow yes, she she absolutely adored it um she is the best she said it was the best roller coaster and it's it's it was the fourth time i've ridden velocicoaster and i can officially say it is my favorite like roller coaster of all time easily it is right there it's you know the raging bull from six flags great america used to be on top for me but i've i've kicked that off a while ago aerosmith was up there for me too um aerosmith i used to think was my favorite ride uh, but i've 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 knocked that down a few pegs and velocicoaster is going to be up there for a while 
So and let me say that I did I really didn't even like be, when we went. This was my first time writing it, and I I don't even think I'd seen a picture of it beforehand. And we walked into the park, and we were basically like racing over there. So we got to the queue, and I. I feel like I didn't even have a, t- a chance to like take it in because we were like running over there so fast. So we, I got on this like completely not knowing what to expect, and and man, that is some like prime level engineering right there. It is an amazing ride, probably the fastest roller coaster I've ever been on. And I've been telling people since I've been home about this, and and just like my favorite part of how like you know you start off and you go like forty miles an hour, and then you do some loops and stuff like that. And then you just get to this like this like lane where you're just like it's got a long stretch of highway, if you will. And it just gases up to like 70 miles an hour and you, you don't even see it coming. And you just like kind of blow out of there like a bed out of hell. And not only that, just like because it's close to like this little pond that they have there. And then you're you go upside down and like you're right above the pond. It was prime engineering and it's such a smooth ride and if you really compare it to the hulk which has been there for quite a long time man i i feel like they need to update the hulk or something because yeah i know that's that's been there a long time but man i that fucked me up a little bit because it's it's kind of like rickety a bit and you wouldn't think that but it is but you, i you know in contrasting it like aerosmith which has been there probably since the 90s i think Mm-hmm. Or 90s or early 20s and you know you don't feel that way after aerosmith it's a nice smooth ride so they need to they need to make some updates or just make the you know remake the marvel park into a dc park maybe that's really what they need to do it would be an easy transition give marvel back to disney so we can have a disney park and world and walt disney world thank you it would be so easy and courtney said it yesterday when we were walking through superhero island she said this needs an update and i said i completely agree and the update needs to be and we've said it on the show just give disney marvel back let them pay you a shit ton of money for the theme park rights they'll do it because they want to put marvel in disney world uh, i don't know be... where, where they'd go but they want to do it and then just put dc in there that's all we it would need. be it would be unique and interesting because anywhere in the united states d- Nowhere in the United States has a DC park. I think they have one in, um, where is that? Like Saudi Arabia or, or where's Abu Dhabi? Abu, Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. Okay. Yeah. So like we don't have anything like this on this continent. This would be a softball lob for Universal. Like bring something new. You know, it's confusing to see Captain America, you know, signing autographs and taking pictures with people in Spider Man, which you know the costumes didn't really look that that great. Is you know when you compare it to the probably what you see in um you know over there in california but even still like like ah man that would be such a great move for dc it would be a great move for for marvel and disney like it just it makes sense and and i would think like again like you know dc has this huge property that's like really growing in popularity uh, especially over the past couple of years and this would be so easy to do that. Hell, you could even expand on it. Get rid of Dr. Seussland, if if you will. I mean, fuck. Can you imagine, like, they can make, um, like, you know, the super fast Hulk. You could just paint it blue and just call it, like, this is now the Superman coaster. And then um, Batman could be, you know, like what Spider-Man was or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, Oh yeah. you know, Batman escaped from the Joker. I mean, it would be kind of, 
hard to lose that Spider-Man ride because of the queue and J. Jonah Jameson, but and, oh, the, and that's, you know, kind and that's of a like, great ride. Yeah, that's a great ride. And that's definitely a great ride. But, you know, you could easily just do that in Disney World, you know, really make a better ride than they did in California Adventure or Disneyland or wherever they put um, Avengers Campus. Yeah. DCA. Oh, man, it's at, it's at California Adventure. I would just like think like, you know, I wonder why they they haven't done that. Um, I mean, Universal is a separate entity. So like Warner Brothers doesn't own Universal. No, yeah, yeah, they don't. Universal is like NBC. Kyle. Did we lose? Oh, we lost Kyle. We are live on the fourth mother box and we lost Kyle. Uh, I don't know if he can hear me. But I certainly can't hear him. We are connected to the internet. Signal is strong. Oh, there, that was technical difficulties are bad. Uh, we don't know what happened there, but when you're one person's in Florida, the other person's in Illinois, sometimes shit's going to happen. But uh, we were kind of talking about, uh, Kyle was wrapping up a thought, and I, I, I did want to make mention of the Abu Dhabi theme park um, before we get into our news, because there's a shit ton to get into. Um, they have a Gotham City and a Metropolis at the Warner Brothers, uh, what's it called? It's called Warner Brothers World in Abu Dhabi. They have... Like Bedrock, Dynamite Gulch, Cartoon Junction, but then Gotham City and Metropolis. And these are the rides they have listed for this theme park that, I mean, I've never wanted to go to Abu Dhabi in my life. And this is would be the closest thing that would want to get me to go there. But then again, no. Um, but Gotham City, Batman Night Flight, Scarecrow Scare Raid, The Riddler Revolution, The Joker Funhouse, and Rogue's Gallery Games. And now Metropolis, there's Justice League War World Attacks, Green Lantern, Galactic Odyssey, Superman 360, Battle for Metropolis, and then Teen Titans Training Academy. So, holy shit, yes to all of that, right? Come on. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if, like, DC is, like, super popular in Abu Dhabi, but I guess if it's, it is, I mean, you know, they decided to build a theme park. I, I don't know why Warner Brothers won't like copy this and put it in like Florida or something like that because Florida has so many theme parks this would be a perfect addition you know uh you know just kind of like imagine like a universal style uh DC world you know where they have like a a city walk that's like Gotham City I mean I, you know oh, like the, it it would just write shot itself by Joe Chill over here yeah, yeah I mean it would it would write itself bat snacks I mean, come on. Well, I just. What if they. What if they offered the. Like, do you want your child to experience the Bruce Wayne experience? Like, we could simulate you two getting killed over here in this alleyway, and then he has to fend for himself in the theme park for about eight years. Um, and then only this old man follows him around. But you parents get to rest and relax for the rest of the day because you get to act dead. The Bruce, the Batman trauma. 
yeah. becoming the Dark Knight experience. Upgrade upgrade the Dark Knight experience for only $99. Your child could witness your murder at the low, low price of $99 upgrade. <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope somebody from DC or Warner Brothers is listening, and I'm sure all of them are because we're so popular. Um, you, you should, like, make this make this an idea. Yeah, they are. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I was a little disappointed we didn't get that out of DC fandom, but that's okay. That's okay. It's, 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 it was implied. I feel like it was implied heavily. Yeah, let's not forget, you know, the Black Adam, uh, the Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, uh, Ezra Miller's The Flash. Uh, they're all Snyder characters. Regardless of you what what you want think you want to do with them, Warner Brothers, that's that's got Zach and Deborah Snyder all over them. So uh, last thing about your Disney World trip, which I think was the highlight, at least it was the highlight for me. But on Saturday, we went to the Magic Kingdom, um, and it was great because we saw the Magic Kingdom's um, their their celebration show that 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 they brought back. They brought back the uh, morning show, so we got to see Donald and Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy, maybe, possibly Chip and Dale. I don't know. They were out there, and they did their thing welcoming everybody into the Magic Kingdom. Then we hopped it over to the Haunted Mansion. Um, but then when we were in Tomorrowland, Space Mountain was down. So uh, we decided to get on the People Mover, because that's what you do when you're in Tomorrowland, and the People Mover is awesome. As we were getting on the People Mover, um, or actually after we got on, and a car was coming in, they were ending their tour, and we were starting ours. She looked at, uh, this woman looked at Courtney and I, uh, in our car and said the lights are on in space and it took me a while and Courtney heard her right away and was like oh my god how cool and turned and looked at me and it took me a second to say the lights are on in space and then it, like the light bulb went off and I'm like holy shit we're about to see Space Mountain with the lights on because when you're on People Mover you go through Space Mountain properly and it's always dark and you never see it but uh, we went through People Mover as normal and as we approached Space Mountain uh, we got full on the lights were on uh, we saw space as much as space mountain with the lights on as much as we possibly could. There were no trains running through it. Um, that was just so freaking cool, man. And that was, that was a highlight of my trip. I don't know about you. Oh my God. Yes. I, when I came back home, I was showing a lot of people that, and they were just like so enamored by that video. Um, because you know, I've gone to Disney world since I was a little kid and not never once you've, I've never once seen that. And you know, just kind of like peeking behind the curtain. And it, it was just a really cool, surreal experience. And and by the way, uh, last night I was, a, I was at a party and, um, I, you know, somebody was telling, I was talking about the Disney trip and everything. And somebody was telling me about like a behind the scenes tour at Magic Kingdom that's like really, really cool. And so I think the next time I, I come out there, I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to have to do that. Are you talking about the, the Keys to the Kingdom tour? Um, something to that effect. I think, I mean, where you kind of go underground and you, you oh, see, yep, like, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely feel like I have to do that because that's something that I've never seen. And that would be really cool to see. And I'm pretty sure you've probably done it a couple of times. So oh, I, I actually have not. Uh, this is, um, it's really, it's yeah, it's, it's a hundred bucks a person. I've done the walking with Walt in Walt's footsteps at, Disneyland, which was amazing. That's what got me to go up in his studio apartment. Um, but I have not done Keys of the Kingdom. They are not doing it at this time. It's currently unavailable. I, I, what? I don't. Well, it's because COVID. Once COVID happened, they stopped doing it. So COVID's been happening, and it's never going to stop happening. Apparently, so 
Yeah, I, I know. Mean, Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. So they should they should just bring that back for the love of God. I agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's done it. I don't know if Brad or Evan have done it. Um, um, I'm sure Brad's been in the utilidors uh, in, in those tunnels before being a cast member, former cast member, especially at Magic Kingdom. So, um, yeah. Brad, uh, speaking of, Brad wants to be on uh, Fourth Mother Box in the very near future to talk about the Batman um, specifically and just talk about some DC news. So, we're going to get Brad on and hopefully we'll get, uh, maybe he's been in the utilidors in those tunnels and he, we can get a quick story from him about that since he's no longer a cast member <laughs> and he can tell the world. But uh, um, uh, hell yeah, yeah, have them bring him, bring him on. And and uh, before we get into the DC news, I want to say one more thing about the most recent Disney trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, just with the Universal and being that I haven't been there in since your your uh, your merit your bachelor party in 2017, yeah. and uh, so I got to experience the new Hagrid ride. Oh, yeah. and Hagrid's motorbike ride. And, and if if uh, you are fans of the show, and you should remember this. Yeah, infamous show where where Tom has motorboated Hagrid and um, like Brad in T Rex, there is a picture up on Hagrid's motorbike ride of Tom, and and it says, "Please do not let this man on on the ride." So I unfortunately had to go solo on this ride, and let me just say that it was absolutely spectacular. It's my new favorite ride there, and if you're a fan of the Harry Potter movies and haven't been on it, it is just next level. I I couldn't say. I could say so much about it, like it just captured the the essence of the films, and I'm so glad Robbie Coltrane, you know, decided to you know lend his voice and his his character to this ride, and it surprisingly went really fast. It kind of made me we we jumped on it right after Velocicoaster, and I was just surprised how f- like it kind of felt like Velocicoaster in some respects. Like it just it went pretty fast, so it was it was really cool. And I liked how they simulated the motorbike uh, aspect of it, kind of like what you saw in the final Harry Potter uh, film where Hagrid is taking Harry, you know, out of, uh, you know, the Dursley's house. And it was just, it was kind of, it was really, really cool. And I'm so glad that they did that. And I'm glad that we got on it because I feel like I wouldn't be able to leave, you know, Florida without getting on that at least once. So, yes, it's very happy about that. I'm I'm very glad that we were able to get on it. And yes, my picture is up, but I was able to sneak on. Kyle and I did single rider. Um, what Kyle forgot to tell you was he got stuck on the bitch seat and he wasn't on the motorcycle because this little girl named Judy said, bitch, you better move out my way while I get up on this motorcycle. And then just kicked Kyle and he just had no choice but to go in the bitch seat. So um, that, that never happened. But uh, Tom did uh, get jump off the ride. Tom did jump off the ride when he saw the animatronic of Hagrid, and he just couldn't help himself. Uh, it's always shit out of Hagrid because he he's just uh, impulsive like that when it comes to large hairy men. Mm-hmm. So uh, I digress. Let me say one more thing about Universal because I have I have a criticism. Well, actually, maybe it's not so much a criticism, but like just the lack of merch that I felt like with the Halloween Horror Nights, like. You know, it's it's kind of like, and I don't know why they do this. Disney does this too. They have a movie out in theater. They should be oh, promoting, and yet yeah. you see it nowhere. You, there is nothing about Halloween Kills anywhere. And I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, this park has a huge draw, and for some reason, they can't sell merch there, or they don't sell merch there. Just just like Disney. I remember I went to Disney 
the Magic Kingdom during uh, when Christopher Robin was in theaters, and you saw nothing. And I don't know if that's just some, like, bullshit, uh, I don't know, production company crap or whatever. But, like, what the fuck, you know? This is really disappointing. But outside of that, like, Harry Potter merch was absolutely top-notch. I mean, I wanted to buy everything in the Universal Store from Harry Potter. Uh, so if uh, you, you are ever hitting the lottery and you love Harry Potter, that's the place to go. So, Yeah, oh, yeah. The Universal's merch is... is... I, I, I did feel like, and like I said, we were there yesterday, and we actually did the virtual queue for Hagrid yesterday, um, because after Velocicoaster, we tried to get on. It was about an hour wait. They were not doing single rider, and Courtney and I have done it before, so we're like, eh, well, we'll see what happens. We went and did other things, and then we got the virtual queue for it, and after we ate lunch at the Three Broomsticks, uh, the last thing we were going to do was Hagrid's, because our time was coming up. Now, when we actually got in line for Hagrid's, we probably waited for 40 minutes, um, and it was the first time I'd ever done a virtual queue for Hagrid's. I've, we've done virtual queues for Remy and Rise of the Resistance before. Um, and I think I think Disney does the virtual queue process or boarding group process better than Universal does. Just my experience from what I've seen, the boarding groups, you get on much quicker. Um, you have to wait your time. But the moment you actually get to the ride, you get on much quicker than at least I my experience at Hagrid's yesterday. So... I, I, I would I would really kind of and I know Brad and Evan and, and I have to ask them more about this on the next Jedi talk, but I kind of miss the boarding group process with Rise of the Resistance. Um, maybe I'm not a full fledged local yet where I'm feeling that that boarding group process is unfair. I've only never received a boarding group once. And that was the first time we tried to get on to Rise of the Resistance. All the other times I've been able to get one. Um, so maybe I'm a little tainted or just a little gotten a little lucky but i don't know i don't know i kind of miss it i kind of miss it so did we did we oh yeah we mentioned about cal kestis's lightsaber on last week right we did yeah we we, we talked about on jedi talk how we think it's going to come out in december um well, that's what we member, were told the cast yeah. member told us you know cast members say a lot of things but this cast member was like it was just his convictions he was just pretty sure December and I asked I asked twice I said you 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 said Cal Kestis's lightsaber is coming in December he said yep December so can't wait for that that'll be the next legacy lightsaber uh, that they release and that I will be grabbing but um, boy so much when you buy that are you going to be like are you going to like sleep with that lightsaber most likely it's 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 going to go everywhere with me I'm going to I'm going to hold it outside the shower or put a plastic bag around it so Ah, yeah what makes sense so we so much happened. We were in Magic Kingdom. We'd stop and pause during lunch at Skipper Canteen. We watched the Black Adam, uh, uh, in the trailer or the first look, whatever you want to call it, from fandom. We watched the uh, Flash uh, sneak peek in queue for um, Space Mountain. Um, we watched the Batman trailer, which we're going to get into. Don't worry. Uh, when we finally got home because it, that dropped at the end of fandom and we were about five minutes, no, not even about two or three minutes away from my, my place when Brad was the one who actually clued us in that the trailer dropped. Um, he sent us a text and said the trailer dropped and I just said, Kyle, trailer dropped. We're going to watch it on my big TV as soon. And like Kyle and I didn't do anything else. We walked into my house, sat on the couch. I put you, I streamed, I cast YouTube from my phone and we sat and watched that trailer. Um, we watched the Suicide Kill the Justice League. 
video game. I believe that was in, we, that's when we were outside in the queue for Space Mountain. Um, we saw bits and pieces of the Peacemaker, but we watched that stuff when we got home and Harley Quinn season three and Gotham Knights. We watched in the queue, I believe, for Space Mountain, too. So, yeah, we I mean, we were in queue for Space Mountain a while, but we were keeping up with DC fandom. So, uh, Kyle, what do you want to start talking about first from DC fandom? I'll let you pick. I think you already know the answer to this. It's obviously the Batman. Because Batman, I, yes. I, I, you know, there's, I just feel like we're not getting another uh, something that we've seen before, and which is amazing because I, I'll never understand. We're really like, I'm always surprised how they can keep reinventing a character that's almost a hundred years old. I mean, how awesome is that that they've kept Batman? alive for this long and he's more popular than ever it's just it's great and that trailer like i think the first one that they dropped last year really got me excited but man that really took off when i watched this one uh you know it it, it not only was it as an epic batman trailer it's just a movie trailer itself that was so good you know i sent that to a friend of mine and he's like the bizarro version of me because he loves DC comics and Marvel and all this other stuff, but everything that I like, he hates. And he was criticizing it. I'm just like, I'm like, I can't talk with you. I'm going to see him next week and I'm, I'm going to give him like a piece of my mind. I'm like, listen, yeah. that was the greatest superhero trailer that's ever dropped. And you're just wrong. And you should flagellate yourself until you like realize that that, that was a great series. So, or that was a I great have, trailer. I have a spectacular idea. Um, for a top 10 list uh, that could both work for Jedi Talk and fourth Motherbox. Um, thanks to what you said about that being the best movie, uh, comic book movie trailer. Um, I want to rank comic book movie trailers. I want to do a top 10 Ooh. of those. Like rank like our all time favorite trailers. Um, because we that'd be fun going back and doing like research and like re- rewatching trailers. Man, that'd be a lot of fun. Or just like ones that like hit you the most, yeah. you know? And I would say in general, like the the trailer that will always stay with me, and this is not even a Batman trailer, in, in, and maybe I'll get some flag for this, but I don't care. Fuck you. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. And okay. it's only because like that trailer was cut extremely well. And the music that they added into it, and just the fact that it, it came out in 2008, and like... Fans of this franchise have been waiting for so long, so long for a sequel. And, uh, you know, that it, it like kind of incorporated the OG, tra- uh, you know, movies into the, into the trailer a bit. And I'll just never forget watching it for the first time in college. And it's it's the one that probably sticks out the most to me, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, outside of that, you know, like, obviously, The Dark Knight was one of those ones. I remember, like, the teasers they kept having, and then they had stuff on... I just remember they had like little snippets of stuff on like my Comcast, uh, my parents' Comcast, like DVR or whatever, where you could like watch little episodes of like the newscaster talking about things going on in Gotham. It, so it was really cool. So, uh, yeah, we could really do a good top 10 list. We're going to have to like save that one, though, so we can put some time into that. Yes, yeah, we'll we'll do that down the line because I need to start researching that myself and it'll take some research and it'll be fun. 
I'm gonna watch a lot of trailers, but I'm I'm right there with you. The first one, just quickly, that would come in mind, Star Wars related, is actually the trailer for Force Awakens. That's definitely gonna be on my list. Um, yeah, lots of good, yeah, Absolutely. lots of good stuff, especially with Han and Chewie. The first time you see them in the Falcon, oh, oh such a good trailer. But anyway, um, DC fandom. All right, let's start with what they ended with and what we were most anticipated for. The second full trailer, about a year out from our first. Uh, from the first DC fandom, and I was excited to get a trailer last year for the Batman. I, I, I actually couldn't believe we got one. Um, but now I was completely expecting something in 2021 because this movie's coming out in March of 2022. And ladies and gentlemen, Kyle and I, I actually f- just remembered this because my, my sister is getting married next year on March the 5th, I believe. Uh, the Batman comes out March 4th. So I will be in Chicago, the city that Kyle currently resides near. So Kyle and I will be seeing this, uh, the Batman together. And I think, I, I think we're going to be jacked for, for it. I think what we need to do after we see this movie, regardless of what time we see it, we need to podcast about it and like immediate reaction about the movie. Absolutely. I, I so. think, you know, you know, it's I'm, it might take me a minute to really process that because I, I remember just seeing certain movies like after I watched Avengers Infinity War and even Endgame, it just took just took a minute. Like the Joker, too. I remember it took a, a while to like really put that together. So, oh, yeah, it might be good to see like thoughts then right after and then maybe a week later. Yeah, yeah. Like like initial thoughts and then following up on it once we've had a chance to, to you know, digest it and probably see it a second time you know there have been some movies i've seen several times in the theaters Endgame was one of them um batman vs superman i saw a bunch in the theaters um justice league i might have seen a few times just because before the snyder cut existed i I just needed to know for myself if i really did truly hate that movie (laughs) um so yeah so yeah anyway the batman so let's 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 kind of just just kind of flow through the trailer here i was thinking about playing it and then cutting it through piece by piece, but that could take forever. But I want to talk about the first. So my first initial reaction from this trailer after we watched it were two things. And I, I told you since we were we were together, I said, one, the score, you know, the music behind this trailer. I immediately felt Batman. I felt vengeance. I felt this righteousness of justice by way of a fist. Um, it was epic. I can't stop like playing it in my head i watched the trailer again about an hour ago before we jumped on just so it could be fresh in my mind and just that that music sticks out to me i i absolutely love the score and i can't wait to hear the rest of it but that being you know that's akin to a beautiful lie for ben affleck's batman like that like the real heavy and you can hear it being a rock heavy metal song it's it's Batman, right? It's dark, it's broody, it's Batman. And they nailed it for Pattinson's Batman based on what I, we saw in this in this trailer. Go ahead. I feel like music is so, so important for a good movie. And if you think about all the great movies in the history of cinema, they always have like a good theme, a good backing track. And it's it's just so essential. I mean, I talk about this a lot, like how the original Halloween that came out in 1978 it was done in three weeks. It had a really low production budget. And, you know, the director, John Carpenter, wrote the soundtrack in like, you know, I think it was like a week's time or something crazy. But it was real simple, but real 
effective and people will always know what that is. And it's influ it's actually influenced so much music, just that movie and that sound and that soundtrack, but if you watch that movie, you just you just see how it it just fits in so perfectly and, and it's no different than any other movie. I mean, I think about um, yeah, the Batman vs. Superman soundtrack like really lent itself well to that movie in Star Wars. I mean, like what, there's nothing more iconic than the Star Wars theme song. And uh, it, it just it gets you all in the feels. And I feel like certain movie scenes are just highly, highly accentuated by the music and the backing track of it. And that's what makes it so essential, you know? Yep. I couldn't agree anymore. Um, so that was the first thing that stuck out to me was the score. And the second thing that stuck out to me, and I told you and Courtney after we watched it a few times, actually, was Zoe Kravitz is going to fucking murder the Selena Kyle role. And I mean murder in a good way. She's already pushed Anne Hathaway's Catman. Uh, Catman. <laughs> She's already pushed Anne Hathaway's Catwoman performance of Selena Kyle and the Dark Knight Rises so far down the list. She's lapping her and Halle Berry's version is probably better than Anne Hathaway's. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say it was. And I, I've, I've never seen that Catwoman, Catwoman movie thoroughly from start to finish. And I could already know it's better than Anne Hathaway. So, But Zoe Kravitz, man, like that was Selena Kyle. Like there's already chemistry between Robert Pattinson and Selena Kyle, and we haven't even seen more than three minutes of like movie footage. This is crazy good. Yeah, you know what? Um, she's definitely fitting for this this time and era in this 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 point in time. Um, I, I think there's so many good characters, so many good villains here. And I almost wonder if like some of them might steal the spotlight from Pattinson because they're all interesting and they're all unique. I mean, Robert Pattinson's Batman is unique. And one of the things that I loved about it, uh, his character in particular, and I just read this is that they said Batman is going to be in his suit for most of the film, because as the story kind of indicates that he is becoming less and less Bruce Wayne and more and more Batman, which I think is amazing. And then not, and not to even mention the Riddler and Penguin and uh, Catwoman, Catwoman who, who are all like interesting in their own way. And I feel like these, these characters will, will certainly live on and, and be very influential. And I just, I'm always fascinated how they do this so well. Is that, I kind of think of it as like, you you compare this to like the recent Venom two, where you, you know there was nothing unique about that film. It was just your standard flavor of the week super Marvel superhero film. There was nothing. There was nothing unique about it. There was nothing really that, you know, nothing really um, that's going to stand the test of time. Like nobody's going to really remember these characters because they just didn't do any of it, anything with it. They just like copy and pasted it, and. Not saying that Marvel has always done that because they've they've written some great characters over the years and reinvented reinvented some um, you know villains and superheroes um, more so superheroes and villains of course. But um, I, I just feel like that that makes a really good story it makes good cinema. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I completely see where you're coming from. Um, but to talk about the villains, man, you know Paul Dano uh, already giving us the creeps from a 
version of the Riddler, more serial killer that we've never seen before. I know that that shot of them arresting who we believe is the Riddler. It look, looks like him in that coffee shop, um, you know, gets him arrested. Um, and, um, you know, you see Batman talking to him through the glass. You know, we assume that's the Riddler. Very creepy vibes, just very serial killer, very Zodiac killer. A, 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 like a lot of people are saying that. Uh, and then my favorite line from the trailer um, comes from the who we've reportedly won't see a ton of. Um, but it seems like he's got a big role in the film who's playing Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin. Um, Colin Farrell, who's dramatically transformed himself by way of makeup into the penguin. And my favorite line from the trailer was, whoa, 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 settle down there, sweetheart. When, um, you know, the uh, penguin was telling Batman to back off when it looked like he was about to punch the shit out of him. Um, I just thought that was hilarious. And he's going he's gonna to kill that role as the penguin. And I'm super excited and I'm fanboying all over this, but fuck you guys. And I, I haven't, I honestly, and I'm telling the honest to God truth. I, I went out and I looked for it. And if, if you out there, people, if you're finding bad comments about this trailer thus far, please show me because I'd like to have an honest discussion with this person, but I have not seen any sort of generic hate that we would get from a comic book movie trailer. Uh, at all from this um actually your friend when you told me when we were in line for the simpsons ride um when your friend was kind of bashing on it was the first time i had actually heard anything negative still to this date about this trailer so i'm gonna fanboy all over it because i can't wait to see andy circus uh as alfred pennyworth in this movie too i i have a feeling he's gonna eat his words just because like when i know he's gonna see it and he's gonna think He's going to he's going to think differently about it, but um, he said some good things about it. But I I, I will, uh, you know, grill him next week at work when I see him. But anyway, I, I, I feel like this is just going to be the next level. I wonder I, I also was wondering if it was going to be rated R, because I feel like when I look at this trailer, it's a rated R film. It, I mean, sure, it, it sure had that feeling. It, it kind of had that feeling. And I'm glad it doesn't have the restrictions of like Disney and Marvel, you know, where it's like we can't do rated R because it doesn't it doesn't fit in our Mickey Mouse paradigm of, you know, kid friendly and poop jokes and everything (laughs) like that. It's like, you know, again, they do a Deadpool without it being rated R. I will I will be done. I will be so dead. Marvel. How dare they? They better never do that. You made a you made a really good point about the. um Oh man, I lost my train of thought here when you were talking about the trailer specifically. Oh, damn it! Um, were we, you were what were you saying about Alf? Did you say anything about Alfred about Andy Circus? No, you were talking about your friend eating his words about the actual movie itself. Um, I must have had a thought on that, but I missed it. I'll I'll circle back to it. But um, so this, do you do you think there's going to be any like hidden characters within? And I just remember what I was going to say. So, okay, Kyle, you may mention of there, you know, the, we're going to get more of the Batman in this movie. Like he's going to be the Batman more than he is Bruce Wayne. Um, I think this is absolutely phenomenal and a very welcome refresh from the previous iterations we've seen. Cause like you said, I could understand how some people like fan casual fans f- might feel burnt out of uh, another Batman movie, right? Since Keaton and, the campy ones with Clooney and Kilmer and then Bale and then Affleck. Um, and, you know, we're going to get Affleck in the Flash, too. So 
Uh, so I, I, I truly feel this is refreshing because especially when you go look back to a lot of people's really, you know, a lot of people's favorite Batman is Christian Bale, which I understand. But in The Dark Knight Rises, we get maybe eight minutes of Batman. And I that's that's one of my one of my criticisms of that film. I love the movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it so much in theaters, but it's you should have called it, you know, the Bruce Wayne Rises instead of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I know Batman is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is Batman. But, you know, I would love to have seen more Batman out of that. So very refreshing. And I'm very happy to to hear that he's going to be Batman in most of this flick. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, definitely one of my criticisms of The Dark Knight Rises is that he he didn't spend enough time being um, Batman, and he spent more time being Bruce Wayne. And maybe it was more because, like, that was just the story, and the story was really more about Bruce Wayne than it was Batman in, in some respects. But, it, you know, that was just one of my takeaways. I, I still think that, you know, that that trilogy is will always have a place in, in, in my heart and in my, you know, favorite films of all time. And, you know, it may come dated one day, but I don't know. I feel like nothing will ever like top the Heath Ledger's Joker performance in the, in that, in that film on the, you know, in the dark Knight, of course, but yeah, for sure. Everything becomes dated. And so it's going to be dated eventually, but I think it's going to take the dark Knight trilogy a long time because that trilogy ended almost 10 years ago. And there are some things that ended 10 years ago that I can go back and watch. And I think are dated as fuck. Um, but I can think of myself going back to watch those versions, especially like the versions on Blu-ray and watching like the dark Knight go through our hometown city of Chicago. Like, I, I mean, maybe it just hits me differently too, but I can watch that over and over again and not feel like it's dated and feel like I'm watching it for the first time again. It's funny because like in almost maybe almost a year's time man of steel will be 10 years old and it's hard to believe because we didn't get a fucking sequel yet (laughs) yeah we didn't get a fucking sequel bastard motherfuckers anyway but still like that movie doesn't feel dated it it still feels fresh to me and i don't care what any like the haters have to say that movie will always be a great great fucking movie it's my favorite superman movie of all time uh I'm, i'm sorry you know even better than the christopher reeves ones uh I just Henry Cavill's my my Superman, and it's a shame that he might not be able to get a chance to do it again. But it is what it is. So any last oh, we'll thoughts see. on? We'll yeah. see what Black Adam has to say. So Ooh. that's all. I'm gonna say. Good segue. Any last thoughts, and then we'll jump into that Black Adam segment we got. Well, yeah, let's start talking about Black Adam because what? When do you think this takes place? Like Black Adam's story? Do you think it takes place before Shazam? Because yes. they they kind of alluded to that in Shazam. And if and if so, like, I mean, um, I wonder how much time before that, and two, if it's not that far in uh, in the past, I wonder if that's going to catch the attention of a one Henry Cavill. I I almost think maybe no. I could see him being in like an Easter egg at the end or something like that. You know, where it's like Superman just learns about henry cavill or uh, uh black adam but i don't think i don't think he'll be in it but then again i don't i feel like i saw something many many years ago or like you know like not many years ago but like a, a picture and maybe they were teasing something with henry cavill superman and black adam so who knows this the black adam movie is going to take place in like modern dc eu times so 
our Superman is around. He exists. Our Batman exists. Shazam exists. Um, it's 5,000 years after his wrongful imprisonment. So, um, modern times. So he'll be, it'll be 5,000 years after he's, it was wrongfully imprisoned. So that's what I remember reading about it. But, uh, so we got, we got a pretty nice first look without showing us too much out of the black Adam teaser, right? We had Dwayne, the rock Johnson come on for, um, and after they showed a little bit, they teased, um, you saw, uh, Dr. Fate, which I think Pierce Brosnan is going to do an excellent job with that role because he's just a good actor. Um, uh, then we saw the Atom Smasher and we saw Hawk, uh, uh, Hawkman and Cyclone. So Justice, this is the Justice Society of America or the Justice League of America. Something like that. Am I right, Kyle? Uh, yeah, the Justice Society, it's it's kind yeah. of kind of like that. And I actually over um, on Saturday or uh, what's today, Sunday or Friday night. I watched uh, not only the Injustice animated movie, but uh, the Justice Society animated movie. Um, or what was it called? Like, it was about the Justice Society in, like, World War II. So it, oh, okay. it had, like, Wonder Woman, The Flash, uh, Two Flash in there. And even Superman is a, is a part of it in some respects. So um, was, it, was it the Jay Garrick Flash? It was Jay Garrick, and then it was Barry Allen Flash. Because it kind of, like, time jumped. Okay. So, like. Barry Allen, it starts out by Barry Allen is in Metropolis, I think. And he's like, he helps Superman with Brainiac. And then he's running so fast that he goes back into the past. And then he's in World War Two, <laughs> And then flash. like there. Yeah. So then, you know, he meets Jake Garrick and then Our Man, which let me say, like, if you don't know what Our Man is, he's like the dumbest character of all time. And I didn't mm-hmm. really know a lot about him, but like he has like super strength and abilities for like an hour. And then he looks stupid as fuck. And I'm just like, this is the dumbest character I've ever seen. Um, but it, beside that, uh, he he dies, which is great. I was applauding that scene when he died because I'm like, he's stupid and he's a stupid ass character. So glad he's dead. And uh, but, it, you know, nevertheless, it was it was a cool, cool look. I, I'm not as into the Justice Society uh, as obviously the Justice League. So I don't find it terribly interesting, but I feel like, you know, with everything, you could always reinvent characters, and and I think you know Black Adam. That's what I hope it does because I'm not. I've never really been super interested in like Hawkman and Hawkgirl or anything like that, or anybody really in Justice Society. So I hope I hope that will change. I have a feeling it it will because I think I, again I think this is going to be one of those films that's like really really uh, next level. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So we got that quick vignette of those characters and then Dwayne Johnson came on and then he said what he's been saying for 20 years uh, but he said the hierarchy in the DC universe is is about to change so um, and then they showed us a quick tease which was like one of the first times we're going to see Black Adam it was really quick maybe a minute you know these two random people are just exploring a tomb a cave Um, one of them seems to know what she's doing after they see like this floating crown above like this light she opens up what appears to be like this just tomb and black Adam comes out. He's got a hood over him. So we, we don't see him in the suit or anything. And a guy walks up to him, tries to shoot him and black Adam picks him up by the throat and just basically electrocutes him to death. And he just fries right there. Um, people are shooting at him. He catches the bullets in midair and then just levitates and then boom, it's done. 
So it was a good tease. I know they're not done with it yet. They're still like in post-production and stuff, but it was a good tease. Really didn't give away much. And I'm with you, man. Um, if they did something like a end credit scene where Superman, I don't know, like goes to Shazam to ask about Black Adam or something like that. Oh my God. I would lose my shit. Would absolutely lose my shit. Well, you know, you, we we're talking about restore the Snyderverse, and like, I don't think it's gone anywhere because if, if anything, like these characters are still very much present, you know, in this world. When we saw that in Shazam, um, you know, we're we're probably going to see a little uh, in Aquaman as well. And I feel like, well, I'm trying to think of like the timeline here, but Batman vs Superman was 2016, then the the Justice League and then just 2017. League. Yeah. If we could just say erase that and replace it with Zack Snyder's and then 2018 was, uh, Aquaman and Shazam, the first Shazam, I believe. And then no, Shazam was 2019, 2019. Okay. Yeah. But, but you were right um, about Aquaman. Aquaman was late 2018. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, you know, the most recently is suicide squad, which still has had remnants of, you know, the Harley Quinn and uh, Captain Boomerang. So, you know, these characters are still alive. And obviously with Ezra Miller's The Flash, the next Aquaman and, and you know, Wonder Woman 3 probably um, coming out in the near future. Like they still exist. It's just like we don't really know the the future for two characters, which is one Ben Affleck's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman. And, but I know it, at the very least, like, Henry Cavill has spoken about his love for Superman in this role. So, and I feel like if the rock can do it and when the rock is kind of knocking on 50, I think, um, I don't, I don't see any reason why you couldn't bring back Henry Cavill Superman. I mean, maybe Ben Affleck won't reprise his role as Batman. I mean, I would, I would love to see that. I mean, I think I'm never, ever going to not want to see more Batman, but it'll be, I think, you know, maybe this will be real telling whatever happens in the Flash movie, because maybe that's going to reset the universe. Maybe it's going to, you know, change some things, bring some people to light. I mean, maybe we might get to see, like, if, you know, it would be kind of cool for that Flashpoint movies, if we get to actually see Thomas Wayne Batman. And, oh, uh, man. you know, they would be really really fucking stupid not to do that. Like, because one fans love the shit out of that. And two, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just, he's just great in everything that he does. Lauren Cohen as Martha Wayne or Martha Wayne is the Joker, yep. you know, please let us see that. Please give that to us. I mean, even if it's like a five minute part of the movie, like, please give it to us. We just need it. So that's how gonna, it was in the flashpoint paradox it was just like a couple of minutes of that right that's really all it was and that's that's all we need like i want to see thomas wayne fucked up batman like killing people and then him alluding to martha wayne and just seeing martha dressed up as the joker like on a murdering spree it's just crazy and, and lauren, lauren cohen i believe firmly believe can pull it off i mean i've i've watched the walking dead up until its current season and i think I've seen her in other things. She's also been in Supernatural, and uh, she was in like a you know a couple other things. I think she's a great actress. I think she can absolutely do it. I mean, I would. I think she's got the look for it. I mean, if, so I I would love to see it. Give it, give it to us, please. Like that would be so so fucking cool. Like 
And, and again, like it doesn't even have to be anything. You can do that without it being bloated. I mean, if it makes sense to the story, it'll make sense. It's kind of like Spider-Man No Way Home. That's that's going to be a fucking, not a mess. I wouldn't call it a mess, but just like, let's just say there's there's probably going to be a lot going on. And you probably have to pay attention. Yes. Imagine. But it's going to have a lot of history. And that's, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, man. And we're going to see that in San Francisco in less than two months. Hard to believe, along with the greatest band of all time. Ooh, dude, I'm going to see them. They're 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 coming up in about two weeks here. Um, less than two weeks, I'll I'll see them in Daytona Beach. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous. I don't know what to think. It's been a while. You think they'll remember me? It's been a minute, man. I haven't seen them since 2018, I think. So, is that right? Since Ooh. Madison, Madison, yeah. Since we waited on that outside in that fateful torrential oh rain God. day, oh it, was, it, it was actually fine all day. And as we waited outside, and then like four thirty came, they were supposed to open the doors, and they're just like, "Nah, we're not gonna let you." And then it was like torrential raining. I'm like, "You fuckers!" Downpoured, downpoured, and I'll never forget watching our good buddy Tim Marciano wait in line for the porta potty outside when we were inside already because we went with the uh, uh, higher package to get in early. And he was just getting rained on so hard. <laughs> was, Didn't we take a pic- I think you either you or I took a picture of him like just <laughs> out in the rain. I did. I did take a picture. I, I'm gonna have to see if I still have it. But yeah, I, I definitely took a picture of it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um. But but anyway, so Black Adam is coming. Um. We could get a lot from it. Um. So we got clips of other stuff. We got like Harley Quinn season three. Uh, specifically, it, it all we got was really just Harley Quinn and King Shark came out and talked about it, and they showed us like some storyboard panels of what to expect. Like they're clearly still working on that. So, but it, it, at least they gave us something. Hopefully, we get it next year, or at least an announced date for 2022. No, because 2022 is so fucking loaded for DC, man. And it and it's all gonna start with Peacemaker. Um, the Peacemaker trailer, I was pleasantly surprised with i really don't know what to make of this or i didn't know what to make of the peacemaker series i liked his character a lot out of the suicide squad more than i thought i would i think john cena does a really good job with it um you know cena's not the greatest actor in the world but he's also you know he can run circles around somebody like vin diesel that's for sure uh and you know he plays both him and the rock kind of rely on their charisma in movies it's like because like as much as I love The Rock, I mean, we could all say that you know he's his acting range hasn't gone very far. I mean, he's just kind of like in every movie, he's just kind of like The Rock. I mean, he's yeah. just and and that's not a bad thing. I mean, because that's that's I mean, everybody loves that. Um, kind of like Jim, old Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, like you know, had the same role for for many films, and people just ate it up. And then he just took a left turn and did the Truman Show, and showed everybody that you know he's got actually with some really awesome acting chops so i'd love to see like a more like even the rock with it like a kind of like a different spin so and i wonder if we're going to get that in the black adam yeah but uh you know i i like john cena i like who he is i like his his kind of persona and so he's just kind of like a like a actor that you watch not for like you know intense acting skills but just because he's kind of like his charisma and he's kind of like a fun actor so I don't know why he's consistently in whitey tidies, but I think it's, you know, kind of funny, but that I'll definitely watch that. I think that'll be like kind of like a fun show. 
Yeah, it'll be. I mean, James Gunn is doing it, so it's it's going to be as. I don't want to call it Marvel-y, but as marvel as DC is going to, to allow it, it's going to be on HBO Max, and it's going to be like a R-rated series because they're they're going to swear. I mean, obviously, and the uh, it's going to be graphic, just like the Suicide Squad was, uh, which I'm fine with. You know, James Gunn did a good job with that, and it, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun because it's you're talking about an anti-hero, right? It's what Peacemaker is, and you can have fun with those types of characters. I mean, he's going to have a pet eagle uh, during during the show. Um, I, I, I thought that he's probably going to steal the show. Uh, yeah. Eagly, Eagly, or whatever the name of that pet eagle is going to be. Um, I, I laughed um, out loud very much at the butt baby joke in the trailer. It's like, I thought it was a butt baby until I was 14, <laughs> thinking like that women gave birth out of you know, the normal way and then out of the butt. And that's what caused ugly babies. Um, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. What do you think? Um, and kind of like transitioning a bit. What do yes. you think about the, the gameplay or well, it wasn't really a gameplay, but you know, the new trailers for kill the suicide squad, kill the justice league and Gotham Knights. I thought they were both good. I liked that they advanced the story a bit for like Gotham Knights. So it, it's clear as day. We're getting the court of owls now which is great. And they're doing their version of the penguin too. Um, but I was more, I'm more invested in the suicide squad to kill the justice league because it's part of the Arkham universe. Right. So I liked, well, well, the fact, first off, the first thing I noticed is Amanda Waller. I, I know you want Amanda Waller to be, you know, Chicago Buffalo esque CH pounder looking, you know, Batman animated series, Amanda Waller, but we're getting Siri, Siri who played, uh, who, who the, the actress who played Siri in Fallen Order is Amanda Waller, and I couldn't be happier about that. That's so cool. You know what? I would say that, uh, and we can we can talk about another Amanda Waller reference, uh, you know, later on. Ooh, but yeah, um, I feel like I'm kind of a stickler when it comes to appearances of like superheroes when it comes to comic books. And I was even thinking about this as we were talking about Black Adam. Um, because Black Adam has black hair, and I, I feel like, you know, with The Rock helming the role of of Black Adam, I'm kind of okay with him just being bald, like you know, yeah. kind of have a bald look. And uh, what was it? It's it's Seer or Siri from Fallen Order. Uh, it's, it's Seer, Seer, Siri. Seer. I've yeah. Okay. I've, um, Cal Cal calls her Seer a lot. While she doesn't physically look like Amanda Waller. I feel like, you know, one of the attributes of Amanda Waller is like, you know, her pleasantly plumpness and like that she just she's like a commanding like voice. Like she's a badass bitch. And, you know, you kind of re- you see this in like the um, the Justice League superhero animated shows with C.H. Pounder uh, voicing it. And she was just one of my favorites of voice casting for Amanda Waller. And then you see it again with um in the in the the live action with oh my god what's her name um who played amanda waller in suicide squad why can't anything of her name viola, uh, viola davis viola davis okay yeah so she's got a commanding voice and i so i think the actress and i don't know her name but whoever played seer in fallen order Deborah will do well and I, Wilson. okay so and it's cool that she's like in like in the uh in there looking like her you know what yes. I mean? Kind of like in Fallen Order. So I, I think that's just so cool. And I love that we live in this day and age where they can capture somebody so perfectly in a video game. 
Yeah. Hundred percent. It's so cool. And like Fallen Order kind of opened my eyes to it too, right? When Cameron Monaghan um and you know Deborah Wilson looked like themselves. And I was like trippy when I looked up what Deborah Renee Wilson looked like the first time. And I was like, holy shit, they just took her and made her a video game character. And they're doing the same thing for Amanda Waller. And I think it's so freaking cool. Uh, so I'm much more invested in that because we're going to get Justice League characters who we have not seen in the Arkham universe before. I think, Kyle, and this is I haven't said this before, but I think this is going to branch off or allow us to branch off in the Arkham universe for different superhero games. You know, Superman's going to be in this game, clearly, and he's got a connection to the Arkham Batman. I would love to see an Arkham Universe Batman game, or uh, Superman game, just, like, in Metropolis, right? They've made mention of Metropolis in the video games before. Or, hell, give us a Flash game, you know, the Flash from the Arkham Universe. It's it's There's so much you can do. And uh, the gameplay looked good. It looked fun. Like, I hope the game mechanics are still relatively the same as Arkham because that was a lot of fun to play like that. And I'm just looking forward to be able to see what kind of like things you get to do as Harley, um, because it's not the first time we're allowed to play as Harley. You play as Harley in Arkham Knight and those side missions that you download after you beat the game. Um, we'll finally get to play as King Shark, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. So, you know, I'm, I I I haven't seen anything yet to make me think that I will hate this or it's going to look stupid. Both and that goes for both games. Yeah, and. Maybe they could be the first one to do what Marvel hasn't done yet. Make a video game world that's connected. Oh, shit. That'd be nuts. Damn, that'd be so cool. To have, like, video, different video games. Or, like, what if we find out, like, the video games are part of the DC Extended Universe? <laughs> or, like, those are canon on Earth 27. Like, that's Earth 27 or something. Something crazy like that. That'd be nuts. I, I doubt it, but... Because video games and movies i think should be separated so it must be hard though because if you i feel like they have so many per, different companies yeah it seems like yeah. that work on video games so i wonder if it's just like a rights thing but it would be cool if they could pull that off would be and we will see um we got a little bit of aquaman 2 and really the most out of aquaman 2 that we got was like a really good look at black manta uh, now, uh, and he looks like he's ripped right out of the comics, and I I can't wait to see more from this from this character because we got a taste of him in the first Aquaman, and I, he's such a prominent Aquaman villain. I'm very happy that they just didn't shove him in the first movie, and then they're done with him, right? That's he's upgraded now. He's got more vengeance to want to kill Arthur Curry, Aquaman. Um, so I am looking forward to like a full movie of this battle between the two of them. Do you think he'll be the main villain, though? I do. He should be. He absolutely should be. I mean, Black Manta, for God's sake. This is Aquaman. Black Manta. It has to be. I mean, I like Black Manta. I just would hope that there's, like, an even... There's, like, more villains in there. Like, somebody new. Which I'm assuming there will be. Uh, They might. I mean, Ocean Master might try to be evil again. Or King Orm. Whatever. He's not Ocean Master anymore, but uh, King Orr might try to do something. I I know he's back for the uh, Patrick Wilson's back for the movie. So um, they I know they cast a shark character for the movie, I believe. It's not King Shark. Obviously, it'd be cool to see a King Shark cameo since we got him in the Suicide Squad. But 
I have to go back and look. Did you hear this? Uh, hear what? The uh, shark, like the shark casting for Aquaman 2. I actually didn't hear that. So I wonder oh, what that will yeah. be. And then yeah, the I, other thing is that I was going to ask is, because I, I don't really know any more references for King Shark other than what we saw in like, you know, some of the animated movies yeah. and obviously the flash, but I feel like before that, I, I thought he was like a, a, one of his main threats or one of his biggest villains. I don't, I don't think he's like a main threat there. The shark I'm thinking of is Karshan, um, who Aquaman two is set to debut or introduce Karshan are also known. He's also known as the shark. Um, it's, a, I mean, it's, I don't know too much about him. I'm reading it real quick. Uh, doesn't really say much out of but yeah, we're going to get another shark character. So maybe they're trying to capitalize on the popularity of King shark, but um, Karshan, the shark is going to be a villain as well as black Manta in this movie. So there's definitely going to be more than one thing going on and who knows it, black Manta and the shark might be working together. It would be cool to see a King shark cameo or even like if he teamed up with Aquaman or something. Hell yeah. He seems like more of like a funny character. Maybe it could be like a comic relief of some kind. Very true. Or maybe he can come in and eat Mara. So we have to be, we don't have to worry about Amber Heard anymore. I was just going to ask, that was going to be my next point is that, do you feel like the, that this movie will involve Amber Heard dumping either on or in anybody's helmets, costumes, faces of any kind? Or, or beds, for that matter. I believe they're going to try to edit it out, but you just can't edit it out because Amber Heard does that like 24-7. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get a little bit of um, Mara taking a C-dump. I, You know, I'll say this, too, and maybe I've said it before, but I just think people's personal lives shouldn't, like, change cinema, you know? I mean, and being a therapist, I can tell you that works with couples, I... I hear this stuff all the time and not that it's, I'm not trying to enable it and say it's a good thing because it's not, but it's a, it's human beings doing what they do best being human beings. And I, you know, I just feel like you, you hear this news and then it just, it kind of like these movies come out with like, you know, maybe a shadow over them in some respects. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like domestic, issues and like whatever they've gone through is bad but i mean for christ's sake it's a movie it's people's jobs like i don't i don't know i mean it it's not going to change whether i go see it for that matter i mean if it was like you know them being pedophiles and i was like okay you're a fucking creep like you know you're a rapist like kevin spacey then they need to go but like yeah. some of this stuff i'm like you know at what point are we going to draw the line here People can't say anything or you could dig up somebody, something somebody said 10 years ago and that's what gets them fired. Um, yeah. Or, or you know, you, people have their marriage on full display and like nobody knows who did what or, you know, there's all this hearsay and like, I don't know. I just feel like that's just that's the probably the shittiest part about being in Hollywood, I guess. Shittiest part about being in Hollywood after talking about Amber Heard. Pun well, intended. So. Yes, our pun intended. But, yep, we're going to get Amber Heard in it, and we'll see. Um, she, clearly, her career wasn't impacted by the shit she literally did. Um, 
versus the what Johnny Depp is like clawing his trying to get his way back into a movie role. I mean, he lost he lost two prominent roles with uh, Captain Jack Sparrow and Grindelwald. Uh, Grindelwald, I'm sorry, Grindelwald. I said that right, correct? Grindelwald. Yep. Okay. Uh, that lost, really wasn't a, a major loss, though. He's still part of a bigger franchise. I'm I'm still very much looking forward to the third fantasy, uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. So they ah uh, yeah, but you know what? They could have done a trilogy of Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and that would be better than what we got. Yeah, because that's a good I mean, story, and yes. that was actually you don't get a lot of that. Um, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, but you get enough to where you're kind of like, this is a really interesting storyline. And we really didn't know until after the fact that they had a relationship, really. Right. You know, uh, uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald, because it didn't come out until the books were long finished that he was Dumbledore's gay. So I feel like that would have been a lot more interesting. I mean, again... You could write so many great stories from Harry Potter, but they chose like the worst one possible. So, <laughs> I, I still want my uh, I, I want an HBO Max series about Tom Riddle before he was Voldemort. Uh, oh I my god, wanna, be I want fucking... a Tom Riddle series. Yeah, they keep. I know I've read that a couple times that they are developing something, and while they should, I this know. should be like this should be like the Star Wars universe, but treat yes. it carefully. Don't don't. Um, put out stupid shit, you know, kind of like what Star Wars does with like the animated shows. I mean, some of that is just like garbage, but yeah, everything live true. action, everything live action has been really great. You know, I know a lot of people have dissension or, you know, there's a lot of dissension over some of the, the films, but like those are really well done. And I know I have my hangups about The Last Jedi, of course, but, you know, like if you look at, ah, yeah, The Mandalorian, I mean, you just say The Mandalorian and then that's that's all they really you need for that argument. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, God, real, that would be such a moneymaker. Holy I shit. I know, I know it's coming, but um, um or I, I hope that's on the horizon. Uh, but what we do know, last two things we'll talk about. Um, we'll finish up our thoughts on The Flash. I think we kind of got derailed there. But the Batman Cape Crusader animated series, we, we really didn't get much out of that other than just like a little interview from, they talked to J.J. Abrams, talking to Matt Reeves, and then um, Bruce, is it Bruce Tim, right? Yes. They were talking to, to yeah, the Bruce Tim. They were talking about the approach. So it's basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, because I've only, I saw it once watching it with you. They're going to, it's going to be very much Batman the Animated Series without any restrictions. And Bruce Timm's going to kind of be able to do what he wants to do that he wasn't able to do when they did Batman the Animated Series originally. I love it. Yeah, I loved all that. The one thing I wanted them to mention, though, was who's playing the Dark Knight. They don't say Kevin Conroy. Dude, just, just, I don't think it's going to be Conroy. I'm, I, I I'm going to I'm going to find I'm going to order the biggest frosty I can at Wendy's and find Mike and just throw it at his face. And Mike will have nothing to do with it. But just because of that, he will get a frosty at the face. I I don't I think they will cast him because you can't tell fans you're coming back with Batman, the animated series and not include the most pivotal person 
a part of that, who created that series and made it what it is. I mean, you could say that about Mark Hamill too. And I know and Mark yeah. Hamill's Mark Hamill's thoughts are on it. If Kevin Conroy does it, then he'll do it. So, oh yeah. Just like, just like when they did the killing joke, right? It was like, Oh, Conroy's in I'm down. So, so I, and I just feel like, yeah, Kevin, he's going to do it, but they just need to like clarify that so I can sleep at night. Okay. <laughs> well, so done. I'm not sleeping. Uh, I'm not sleeping no. until I know. He's not sleeping until he gets to spoon Kevin Conroy, knowing that he's going to be the voice of the of the Batman in the Cape Crusader. So, uh, lastly, if we finish up the Flash thoughts, um, we got a teaser of the Flash film. Um, it was very short. Uh, a very weird Ezra Miller came on screen and introduced us and tried to make a joke. He looked like he was under the influence of something, but he's also a weird guy, so he just kind of let it happen. But um, the sneak peek just started um, with a voiceover, and this is 100%. I'm 100% sure that was Michael Keaton. So it's Bat Bruce Wayne is talking. It sounds like he's talking to Barry, and he just he's talking about, so you can go to any timeline, you go to any universe, and he basically says, why, why are you trying to save your own, or something like that. And then we see Barry slowly walking to who I assume is his mother, um, who who died because he's traveled back to another universe where she's alive. Um, we see, you know, two Barry Allens get out of a taxi in front of the Wayne Manor from Michael Keaton's 1989 Batman. Uh, and then eventually we see them in the Batcave. There's two Barry Allens. And then we see who is clear as day. It's uh, Supergirl, the one that we saw from the leaked photos, um, who is Clark and Lois's daughter from another timeline. Um, they're in the Batcave and they're talking to Batman. And all we saw, all we saw was just the, the ears on Keaton's old suit. And the, there was, you know, footsteps walking up. Um, and then another thing I noticed too, Kyle, was, and I don't know if you picked this up, there was blood on, and then there was a bat mask. There was a Batman mask on the ground, like kind of ripped off, and there was like blood on the floor. I think, and I have to go back and watch that. I think that was Aflex. I, I think that was Batflex. Uh, Cowl. And I hope to God they don't kill him off in this movie. You know, that thought never occurred to me. I wonder. Yeah. They better not Han Solo him. That's. <sighs> but I can see Ooh. it happening. And it, yeah. you know. If I'm being unbiased here, I would say it would make sense. It could be made to be made sense, but I don't know. I mean, unless Ben Ben Affleck has truly like washed his hands of this role, and then you know, obviously with Robert Pattinson coming in, into the picture, you yeah, see well, it happening. I still think after the Flash movie, because this movie will be after the Batman you know, well after we're going to probably get it late next year. Like I wouldn't be shocked if it comes out in December of 2022. Um, I believe that Pattinson's Batman is going to take over as like the, our main Batman and they're going to form the justice league after the uh, flashpoint paradox nonsense that they go through. So, um, but yeah. Um, and then this, this trailer teaser, whatever we got, it's really wasn't a trailer. It was really just like a sneak peek of whatever footage that they had that was fully produced. Uh, 
one of the flashes, I, I believe our flash, the one that we know of, got really excited because it was clear as day. There was a sheet over, or there was a cover over the Batmobile and he went to go pull it off. And then that's when the screen goes black and we're left with a tease. Uh, we'll have Fucking, to wait. And see. Yeah, that was the worst tease by far. Good. Well, it was it was a good tease on their part because you want to see more. But so. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, it's just the worst tease of all time. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. I I can't believe they didn't show us Keaton in the in the outfit. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, to, I know we like, were I, we, I we were. Yeah, we were we were both pretty convinced that it was going to happen and we were wrong. But I was I was happy with what we got still because it just they're not done with the film. So I, I have to like tailor my expectations, you know, just like the New York Post was telling everybody this past week, you know, lower your expectations, people. Um, I, I have to lower my expectations about um, some of these superhero films. So in any event, uh, DC fandom came and went and it was cool. It was cool to be able for Kyle and I to react uh, in person after a full awesome day at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. Just a good ass day, and I can't wait for DC fandom next year because we're gonna get a lot of things that they've already committed to. We're gonna get more information about, like, well, I'm sure next year will be a, a lot about Wonder Woman three. We'll probably be a lot about the Flash movie, um, more on the Batman sequel because the Batman will have already been taking place for several months. So lots of big stuff. Um, one of the other things that dropped last week was. The Injustice animated movie. Um, as quick as we introduced that it was coming, it's here. So Kyle and I both saw it. So Kyle, um, spoiler alert to everybody who hasn't seen it. Our, I, I, I don't know how, you know, we can talk about it, Kyle, at any length you want to. I don't know if you want to save it for like next week's episode. We can do a combination of Injustice and Titans and talk all spoilery. But um, I, I know you wanted to give initial thoughts on it. So I'll, I'll hand that one to you. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm just going to talk about it because it, I yeah, mean, go can we it. really say, I mean, this has come out before, so it you, has, can we yeah. say it's, we're spoiling it in some respects. Maybe, I mean, maybe not. We're, we're, I don't know. We're not, I mean, they did take liberties with the story, but it's still the core injustice storyline that a lot of, a lot of DC fans know of. And I, I highly recommend those of you who are anti Superman to watch this storyline. This is a good Superman story. So go ahead, Kyle. Say well, what you want. Well, my my initial thoughts about it in the beginning before I watched it and what I've mentioned over the past were correct that I know that this this is just going to be too short. And that's the biggest criticism of it, of this is that they for some reason did this and then they thought, well, we're just going to jam pack this into like an hour and a half. Like, why did they do that? Why would they think that that would make sense? Because this story is huge. It is so huge, and it's a disservice to the entire story and the character arc of Superman, of all things, to not let it play out. And I feel like that's where it was the biggest problem with this you know, film was, is that they, they just tried to rush everything into like an hour and a half, and you just can't. You know, on the other side of it, you know, the good parts about it is that with the hour and a half, they, they made it work. I mean, for what it was, I mean, if the, and I know that I just kind of contradicted myself a little bit there, but so it, it works and it doesn't. And if we're just saying we're just going to leave this as a standalone movie, 
Yeah, it was a bit rushed, but I thought there were some things in in this movie that were really thought provoking and really kind of makes you think about, you know, these superheroes and like some of the actions that they take and just the whole thing. And and which I love. I love that part of it. One of my favorite scenes of this movie is when Superman is playing chess with Mr. Terrific and Superman is trying to get Mr. Terrific to come over to his cause and he's. He's saying, I need the T I need to get rid of the world, the entire world of I want to get rid of the world of guns. Like I want to get all, rid of them all right. in the entire world. So I need yeah. to use your T spheres to do that. And and Mr. Terrific is kind of thinking about it for a second. And he's like, well, you know, that's not really going to solve the problem, because if you really want to solve problems, you, you could look at other things like, you know, smoking, for example, kills more people than guns. Where does it end? And I thought, you know, when you really put some of the stuff on the table, it really kind of makes you think, you know, about some of these things. I mean, of course, guns kill people, but so does smoking. And so it's like, why not get rid of that versus versus guns? And it just you can kind of see like Superman trying to work it out and trying to figure out like what's right. And I think what they did well with this is that, you know, I felt like in the comic book storyline, like when the Joker kills Lois Lane, Superman snaps and he fucking loses it. And y- you see his like immoral, uh, like his values and his ethics, like completely, you know, um, deplete like pretty quickly. And in this movie, the, it was kind of a little bit slower that you used to when the Joker killed Lois and blew up Metropolis. You see you see Superman try to retain his his sense of morality, his sense of right or wrong. And you see his humanity and you could see that he's really struggling with it and he's really trying to work it out. And then uh, obviously he doesn't. I think some things were a bit rushed because some of some things didn't make sense where he was like really like trying to figure it out. But then he just decides to like fly right through Solomon Grundy or kill that oh, whole yeah. warehouse of of people dressed like the Joker, which in the comics, that was one of my favorite fucking scenes of that comic book story arc. Or the you know the the story is the when Joker Superman yeah. yeah kills all the Joker kids. I'm so glad that they kept that in there because that was such a like jaw dropping moment. Like I can't believe Superman just murdered all these people just because they yeah. dressed up and looked like the Joker. And so and and they were they were celebrating Joker's like anti fascist ways and like the way he lived his freedom. Like they weren't necessarily celebrating his killing, but it was more like. Like by by and this is what Bruce always tried to warn Superman or Clark of and everybody of is like by killing him, you know, you'll you'll make him a martyr, too. Um, and that's essentially what Superman killing the Joker, the Joker kind of kind of became a martyr. Yeah. And, you know, they and they kept a lot of different characters in the film kept commenting and in judging Batman for not have killed the Joker. And he makes this line. He gives this line. And he's like. The killing, you know, killing somebody, just one person, he says. He's like, that's where it starts, with just one person. And he was he was really right. And you, you could, I mean, I feel like Batman as a character's no-kill rule has been criticized heavily, you know, even outside of this. And while it makes some sense, it you can say it makes sense in some respects, but then on another hand, it doesn't. Like, Joker kills all these people, but then he won't. He won't take the life. He won't take a person's life. It's maybe it's not up to him. 
And so that's where maybe the criticism of the character comes into play. But it's it's like rich for storytelling. It's like he has that yeah. unbreakable rule. And it's like, uh, he, you know, he's the immovable object, as the Joker says in The Dark Knight, where he is an unstoppable force. And one of my favorite lines from that movie. But it really it really shows like the. Uh, the interest, interesting story writing that comes from that. And I think that's why it's a true testament of like the complexity of of Bruce Wayne and Batman and, and just that whole thing. But, you know, he was really right in this instance. Like that's where it starts with just one person killing, just killing one person. And look what it led to. Yeah, I, I liked this a lot. It was I, I'm with you. It was short. You know, the Injustice story could be spanned across. It could probably make it a trilogy. The Injustice trilogy easily. Oh, easily. God, easily. It should have been at least two films, if anything. Yeah. But for some reason, they decided to cut it short. Um, I enjoyed Anson Mount as Batman more than I thought I would. I, I, I yeah. found I was good with it. Um, I thought Kevin Pollack did a good job with the the little Joker we got. I think Harley Quinn shined in this movie. She was fucking hilarious. Um, and um, I can't remember who it was. I, I think it was Ro- It was either Damien or Nightwing. I think, or was it Superman? You're gonna have to help me out. When they were in Arkham, and they were naming out all the all the um, villains, and then they got to Calendar Man, and somebody was like, "I'm sorry, I don't even know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I don't know if you did. You actually read the comics, like the Injustice comic book storyline when it came out? Yeah. Okay, so you know, and I just feel like a lot of that happened. You know, they really used like some essential parts from the comic book storyline because i don't remember yes. the game as much but i know that like that there was a lot that wasn't in it where i don't i don't think nightwing gets killed by damien and then nightwing becomes dead man but I, he does in the comic book but i don't think in the game no no and, not in the game he definitely doesn't become deathwing in the game uh and then and then also with like you know just the other stuff like the the line harley quinn says you know when harrow the green arrow has her tied up she's like why not call it the quiver like that, yeah. that's straight from the comic. Yeah. So, so, you know, there was definitely a lot of love that they put in this and a lot of, you know, uh, stuff from the comics, which is always great. But again, just it's the biggest problem that it suffers is that it's too short. And even at the end where they you know bring in Superman from another world, like they don't really even introduce that, which kind of waters down the story as it is like. Superman is doing all this shit and fucking up everything. And then, you know, it's the end. It's like, oh, we're just going to get another Superman. And and the thing I didn't like was that Superman just gives in at the end. He's like, oh, my God, what have I done? And Superman doesn't. Like, in the storyline, he does not. Like, he, even at the end of the video game of Injustice 2, he's still not not settled about anything. Or, like, you know, coming back to the side of the Justice League. He's locked up. Sure is. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's they they took some liberties, but overall, I I was entertained and I liked it more than I thought I would. I I really did. Yeah, I mean, I I actually thought it wasn't gonna be good, you know, going into it. Like I really was thinking the worst. But as this you know story went on, I actually really liked it. I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. It just you know it just suffers from that you know that one problem that we talked about. So. Yep. Too short. Too short. But um. Uh, we've got a. We'll do a quick lightning round of things here and wrap the show up today. 
Um, so everyone's not like killing themselves. Like, God, will the fourth mother box ever end? Um, no, I'm kidding. We end and we always deliver. But, uh, so Kyle and I talked about when, when, when he was out here, we, we actually talked about Halloween kills the next, uh, iteration in the series and Kyle's big on a horror. So Kyle, did you want, you know, this is the first time outside of Jedi talk, but you know, some people have some time to see it. Uh, do you want to get a quick minute, uh, your thoughts about Halloween kills since this is like your big horror franchise. This is like the star Wars for you. Yeah. And, and I don't remember, I know I touched upon it briefly last week, little, uh, a, a little, little bit, yeah. But, you know, that was still like we saw it that day. And so I didn't really have a chance to put it together. But there was a lot of things that I loved about this film. And it kind of took a different approach than the first one. This is Halloween Kills where Michael Myers is, you know, the he's the most brutal I've ever seen him, which is just fucking awesome. They had like a scenes from like the 1978 film and they just like nailed it perfectly because every detail was there when it comes to the music, the mask, most importantly. Uh, the Myers house and just like certain little things that were in there, like, you know, the gutter that hit the window and broke it during in the first one that was there in the original, you know, these, uh, you know, the, they had even Dr. Loomis, you know, reprises role, but it was like some different character. And, you know, like, I think they did really well with that. I, and some, that got some criticism, but I think one of the best parts about this film, the thing that really resonated with me a lot was the fact that, this was less about Laurie and Michael's, you know, Michael going after Laurie. And this was more about, you know, the the terror and the chaos that the myth around Michael Myers has has played in this town for 40 years. And you see this kind of come into full fruition when you see, you know, the town gathered at the police station or, at, or no, it was the hospital. And people are just losing their fucking mind because Michael Myers is going on a killing spree and just murdering everybody in sight. And, it, you know, that's when, like, the town, it, you know, starts to, you know, just look for blood. And then you kind of start to question, like, well, who's the monster? Is Michael Myers or the town? And, and, and you can probably argue that the town is just as much of a monster as Michael Myers is. And the fact that they were going after some random mental patient that decides to kill himself, which some people I was reading online, like they're like, that was a dumb scene. No, it was a brilliant scene because it shows how people are. And it was really reflective of our past year where we had this uncontrollable virus that was spreading throughout the world and causing chaos and, and insanity amongst people. I mean, it was killing true, people and that true. was bad, but you know, you could argue that, the way people reacted and how divisive people came, at least in the United States and I'm sure in other countries too, were was almost just as bad. I mean, people rioted, people burned things, killed each other, and like you know, completely fucked up our political system here. So I, well, I saw like a, a huge connection between you know that you know it's like when you introduce a danger into a population and how people react. It's it's good display of how human, how humans are. And you had a thought. Yeah, that's a No, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really good way to put that movie. I really didn't put that into perspective, right? Cause I'm not as invested in the Halloween franchise as you are, but there, um, you know, it, it had its gore moments in the, <laughs> I always laugh when I think of the big John, little John thing. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it was funny. I, I, I don't know why other than it just kind of being just just like awkward horror movie, right, uh, where you get the 
cheesiness still of the horror movie, but it still delivers what you're looking for out of like the Halloween franchise. And I, I've seen the original, and and I I think my my favorite part of Halloween Kills though is actually when they went back to like like the flashbacks to the like 1978. That was cool. Oh, that was yeah. cool. Like, yeah, that, that 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 gave me some pretty good pretty good vibes. And, so, and I have a few more thoughts about this. And, and the things that I loved is how they brought back the cast from the original film. Like, they had uh, Miriam, which was one of the nurses that was with Doctor Loomis in the beginning. They had Sheriff Lee Brackett, who was uh, Annie's mom, and uh, Lindsay Wallace, who was like one of the kids that. You know, uh, Laurie Strode was babysitting. So these are all the OG actors that you really haven't seen since, honestly. They right. changed Tommy Doyle. To, I don't remember the the current actor's name, but um, it was really cool to see that. And I would say that one, a couple other things, and, and maybe even a prelude into the next one, because I've heard some things about the ne- what the next, next one is going to be. Um, but, y- you know, I would say... Two things, two things I want to touch upon. The the gay relationship. Uh, you know, this has been getting some criticism in the media. Yes, it and has. like there was an article where like Michael Myers is homophobic. And I was just like, I are these people even watching these films? Like, are they? Because like y- y- if you watch the films, you would see that Michael Myers just randomly goes from house to house killing everybody. It doesn't matter what their background is. And I would say that like you know, these like easily offended people. And I get it because I work with, with people who from are from these backgrounds, but I would say like, you know, equality means that you get to be killed too. You know what I mean? Like if you ask me, like, would you like to be killed by Michael Myers? I would say I would be honored to be killed by Michael Myers and in a film. And so that's the way I would look at it. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's like, you know, these people want equality, but they don't. And it's like, that's, and maybe we're getting a little bit political here, but I, I just I don't think that that really means like you know if Michael Myers was just targeting gays the entire film that would be really weird and maybe suggest yeah. and yeah. certainly suggestive but th- but it wasn't like you know they're putting these relationships into into the film like they're a part of our society too and th- and that just means that they get to be killed by Michael Myers so uh, that's what I'll say to that okay. the one well thing said. I didn't one thing I didn't like about it. We're kind of like, I was a little bit, if like not as into it as much as uh, the end where the town finds Michael Myers and then they like, they all start beating on him and killing him. I just thought that there was a part of that that wasn't as well done as it could have been because it just, you have Michael Myers' character as like a very mysterious serial killer. He's, he operates from the shadows. He's not out in the open as much. And like just like that scene just seemed like very atypical for who he is in in even um, even a little bit of him with the mask off, like going to, you know, going after Laurie Strode's uh, daughter. I, I thought that right. was a little bit like, mm, I don't know. But that, you know, and that's, I, you know, I guess that's just one thing. The next one I've heard, and this is the last I'll say about this. Uh-huh. is uh, yeah. Halloween ends and I think it comes out next year and they yes. they were talking about it where it's like this is set four years in the future and then I feel like um, if that's true it'll be interesting to see how one Laurie Strode comes back from this because she is 
probably, you know, not only was she traumatized for 40 years of the original incident, but now she's lost everybody, like everybody from the OG series, except for Lindsay Wallace. I think she survived. Uh, And then but she lost her daughter and, you know, her daughter-in-law's or her, um, you know, daughter-in-law's husband, her daughter's husband and a bunch of these people. And I just wonder, like, how she's going to react to this and. Uh, Laura, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis went out on an article or like an interview and she said that people are going to be upset with this last movie. People are going to be angry and left with a lot of questions. And I always think that that's, that's great storytelling. So I feel like this, this series is kind of going more for a story than it is just mindless killing. And that's why it's working. And it's like, you, you can't really do that with some of the other serial killers and the famous slasher horror slashers from the past and it's like they're coming out with scream again i'm like this is stupid and chucky is stupid like it just it's going to be beaten at the dead horse it's not offering anything new so if you want to offer something new you got to bring a story to it and that's what this is doing that's what i'll say about that <laughs> that's a great way actually to end today's show because i want to you know i wanted to talk about titans i like i want to talk to talk about all of oh. Titans. like 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 oh, the whole yeah, season we got to talk about that well, well, hear me out. Hear me out. I want to talk about all of Titans from like episode one to what we just saw this past Thursday. So I, I'm saying next week we, we save Titans talk for next week. And I want to talk about all the movies Disney pushed back next week, um, specifically your Indiana Jones five, too. So what do you think about that? I you know what? I. I was so mad about that because, you know, it's not even just the pandemic that did it. It's Disney. And like as much as I love Disney, it pisses me off how like or Lucasfilm, really. Well, we're not going to pin it on Disney. We'll just pin it on Lucasfilm because they always put Indiana Jones on the back burner. We were supposed to get this movie in 2019 before the pandemic. So but it just keeps getting pushed back here. Yeah, it kept getting pushed back and get pushed, getting pushed back. And then it was upset by the pandemic. And I'm just like, this is fucking bullshit. I mean, this should have been done already. And they just can't get their shit together. It's it's no different with like the video games of Indiana Jones or anything, really. So and I and I was I think I told you, like my top four franchises, my top four like favorite things that just make me foam at the mouth are Batman, Halloween, uh, Indiana Jones and um harry potter so anything related to these is like you know foam at the mouth type of stuff so but yeah it just pisses me the fuck off i don't care about anything else but i'm i'm certainly glad they didn't push back spider-man because that would have been i would have been like taken to the streets after that my god yeah i mean hey they already gave us the damn trailer and the poster so I would have been pissed, but yeah, they, they touched all of their movies that are coming out next year. So we, I want to save some general conversation for that next week because I've got some thoughts. Um, I want to talk about all of Titans next week too, which included a really good season finale. Um, and there's, there's some things that about Titans that I think I would have changed or didn't like, you know, it wasn't completely great, but it was the best seasons of Titans that we've gotten so far out of three seasons. Absolutely. And it'll be back for a fourth and we cannot wait, but we, Thank you, everybody, for joining us today, listening to our ranting about God knows fucking what and the doubled listens that we received. And please follow us at Fourth Motherbox on Instagram if you can or at Jedi Talk Podcast as well. That's where you'll find everything. It involves Kyle and I somehow. 
So thank you for joining. You've been great. We've been the fourth mother box and Kyle, you know, the drill words of wisdom that'll make people really think. Words of wisdom. Okay. Hmm. Trying to think of words of wisdom. Well, this past week, do I want to make fun of Brad some more? Do I want to rip on Marvel? Do I want to rip on you? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I was that kind of like going on there with Halloween, like really kind of going with it. Now I don't have like, good words of wisdom so well we'll we'll say this in reference to halloween for the love of god people if if you're too offended by everything in society then don't don't take a part in it and shut the fuck up